I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host Joe is busy, although this isn't necessarily the type of game that he would have too much interest commentating on. I don't think he likes either of the teams that we're playing today. Of course, Arsenal just played West Ham, and I've mentioned Joe is not here on the call. His team, Spurs, recently were dumped out of the Europa League by Zagreb, and it's got him and his fans calling for Mourinho's head. They're actually trying to bring in, I think, um, ideally, Julian Nagelsmann as the replacement. We don't have Julian Nagelsmann on the call, but rather than Joe, we have, I would say, Jason Bagelsman. It's Jason Quinn from Doe Exchange and from Playground DTSA. At Doe Exchange, you're going to be able to find pretty much the best bagels in Southern California. But welcome back, Jason. We had you on the podcast before. It's good to see you again. How are you doing today? Uh, it is great to be back. I'm doing all right given our result but more importantly we were just talking about our love of our blog and i remember one of my favorite minutes of an arse blog uh arse cast was right after our four nil win of at, over aston villa at home and spurs 5-1 loss at newcastle do you remember that because that of course, meant that we finished second, they finished third. And um, the podcast started with about one minute of pure laughter between Andrew and James. And I remember I was walking my dog and I was on the street and I was fucking cracking up because I just thought about how spursy it was. And I've basically been laughing like that since Thursday. And I also just told you that I would have bit your hand off still to draw against Burnley, to draw against West Ham, to beat Spurs in the Derby, to lose against Olympiacos. I would do all of that for a 3-0 Zagreb win. It's the beauty of these rivalries in, in sports, you know, when our team isn't necessarily doing as well as we could be, we can always look across the other side of North London and see a team losing to a, a Croatian team whose manager was recently arrested for fraud and he's sitting in jail. Meanwhile, his team's knocking Mourinho's guys out of the, out of the Europa league. So yeah, we kind of, the grass is always greener, I guess. Well, at least not, yeah, who's, not who's the reasons. real fraud. <laughs> Mo that's exactly. Um, I guess sure. I see you're wearing quite a, a cool, is it kind of like aqua camouflage arsenal number? I know you have a quite a impressive kit collection actually that you keep at the restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're wearing today? Well, I'll clarify that the restaurant and, and my house are the same thing. So I just live upstairs. So uh, it is on the, on the way down. Um, this is a, it is like a training kit or whatnot. It's the Parley from the oceans. I was from the first year that we had um, Adidas uh, back. 
and I, my friend uh, Jesse Saunders, won it with me. We were at the um, forget what bar it was, but it was in um, Southern California at the Arsblog Reading. Were you there? Um, I didn't make it out, unfortunately, but it seems like it was pretty well attended and like a good it was, occasion. yeah. And and I never win anything in a raffle, but he won it. And that morning we were going and we heard this rumor, he heard this rumor that Ian Wright was going to be there, right? So so I have, uh, and, I, and I think I sent you the video, the, the Ian Wright match-readied bruised banana, amazing, like one of my true prized possessions and one of the most expensive kits I have. And I was at uh, a birthday party for like one of my son's friends, like, you know, who cares, right? And I'm like, okay, I got to go home and get it. I got to go home. So I get in the car uh, with with Jesse, he comes to pick me up and we're driving over there. He was wearing like a Van Persie kit or like a Fabregas kit or something. And I'm like, dude, are you really about to go to this 40, 50, 100 Arsenal fan thing with like a snake kit? You know, I think it must have been Van Persie. I don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry if Jesse listens to this, but I had like a sick bird camp shirt that he saw. And I was like, you know what? Wear it. And he put it on and it fit him like a glove. It was like perfect for him. So I was like, you know what, dude, like that fits you so perfectly. You can just have it. And I'm like buying another one as, as we were talking. And uh, so we get there, he wins this shirt and immediately gets me one nil Lester, one nil Lester, by the way, Ihanacho goal. We like that. He's yeah. on fire. Right now. Yeah. Uh, Fred's mistake, even better. Uh, I love a United pain. I love United pain. It's so sweet. That's so right. anyway, uh, Jesse, Jesse won the shirt and, uh, handed it to me and, uh, yeah, there you go. So I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the part of the story when like Ian Wright shows up and you guys all, went oh, oh, oh yeah, no, he didn't. He <laughs> didn't. Yeah, that's the funny thing is we sat there we, we got all hyped up for it. We got there. I'm wearing my, my Ian Wright, uh, you know, Bruce banana shirt nothing happens and i'm like god damn it jesse like we got so excited about it and uh it was as uneventful as uh my my first rendition of the story before uh lester scored and i got distracted well at least lester scored no no i'm just kidding I was yeah, exactly. i'm actually jealous of um not having been able to make it over to the arse blog event hopefully he'll come back stateside sooner rather than later maybe we can all get together and <laughs> have a party yeah i would yeah i would love that what did you make moving on to the action from from today uh, of the lineup for Arsenal when you saw it? I think in terms of changes from the uh, second leg of the Olympiacos game, obviously Chambers came in, Pablo Mari was in there as well. And then off the top of my head, I'm probably forgetting any other changes. I think probably Emil Smith-Rowe might have dropped out. Um, were you concerned? He, he was dropped out, yeah. Um, the lineup or were you kind of hopeful that this was going to be the team to get us a positive result? So... I had been not confident about a win in this match. I um, I told you I, I frequently bet against us. I had money on a West Ham win. I had money on a draw. And uh, I, I had really not a ton of faith that we were going to win. I had 100% guarantee that Lingard was going to score, right? And I would have told you for sure we would have conceded first. But, of course, who would have disagreed with that? As far as the lineup is concerned, I'll be the first one to admit it that I am not really a Chambers fan in general. And, of course, he had a spectacular game today. Um, so, so he proved me wrong uh, across the board. I think that 
the circumstances under which Pablo Marie was signed were so suspect and 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 uh, flashbacks of um, what was his name? We Kim Kim Kallstrom, okay, you know, just yeah. signing these players that like they're you know we don't we want immediate you know payout with a player. That's why the Saliba situation is so frustrating, you know. So so you sign Mari. He goes, comes back, gets injured, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, so, so there was a lot of angst. So I think then now he puts in a couple of good matchups. He's kind of back in good standing, if you will. And um, I, I'm not particularly going to sit there and say that anything was really his fault today. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't fault the selection there, at least. Yeah, with Mari, I think all that good standing, whether or not everything, anything was in particular his fault, I think some of that good standing probably went away after this performance. He's, um, he gets caught out and he sometimes can recover, but he gets caught out more than he should uh, at this level. And given the opposition that we're facing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite us sooner rather than later. I think Gabriel and Luis seems to be the preferred center back partnership obviously he was resting Gabriel who had kind of recently come back from a bit of an injury layoff so that that makes sense otherwise onto the action on the pitch we go one nil down to Jesse Lingard as you predicted a pretty decent goal and actually it might have been Chambers if anybody who was called out for for that goal but he kind of turned it around afterwards on Chambers in particular I agree with you especially at a right back he's kind of not the most athletic guy Again, someone who's going to get exposed, but he certainly gives 100% every time he plays, which is something that I, I can't really discredit him him for. Um, what were your feelings when we go, you know, one nil down and then not too long after, pretty quickly after two nil down? And actually, I think we were chatting earlier. You have some opinions on that second goal anyway. So, yeah. So um, I, I say to people all the time, you know, that I don't have an issue getting beat. You know, if someone's a better team than us, I understand that really we're not that good. We're really not. I understand. I'm, I'm not trying to be delusional. This is a squad that at best can win, you know, three of the next five Europa League games in some facet and save a disastrous season. But other than that, we, we just we don't have a lot to play for in the league unless we are going out and winning games like this today comfortably. and. When, you know, we get screwed by the ref, which it feels like has happened so many times, it, it just I, it ruins my ability to process it. But when Jesse Lingard has an incredible moment of skill from outside the box, a situation where you say, you know what, take that chance, as opposed to trying to work it in and closer, like sky it over the bar. And, and, and you know what? Great goal. I got no problem with it. No problem at all. Uh, sure. You know, we, we could have done better, but he still had a lot to do and, you know, great strike. So then from there, I'm sure a lot of fans, okay, you know, one note down, you kind of reset or whatever, look at your phone, blah, 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 look up, wait, free kick. And then you see John Moss pull out for the spray, you know, go to put it down, talking to the players, and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. And for me, if you're the ref and you are pulling, you're, you're going to spray for a line, you have to set, you have to call that back. And that wasn't where the foul took place. There's an argument perhaps that the ball was slightly moving at the time. I mean, the only silver lining for me is that in our second goal, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I have no idea how that was a foul on us or for us. 
That's all I can say. In football, it's you know funny. These things, I guess, like you said, have a way of balancing themselves out. We're 2-0 we're down. Did you feel like that was the time for substitutions even in the first half? Or did you feel like there should have been a major change in the system? Or at the very least, maybe would you have liked to have seen Arteta getting animated on the sidelines, yelling at the guys, trying to whip up a bit of energy? Um, I think that I've been so conditioned by Arteta not really making a lot of quick substitutions out of choice, you know, that, uh, as opposed to necessity. Um, so I didn't really expect that he was going to make any. Sorry, my daughter's right here. Hi, babe. No worries. We've got an oh. extra, extra guest on today's podcast. That's yeah, exactly. Um, so I didn't expect him to really make any substitutions in any capacity. Um, at the same time, I also think that that was a pretty good team. I mean, there that, that was no real reason that, of course, we should have been 2-0 down. I mean, the, the 1-0, I'll take it. We've, we've been one nil down for the majority of the season, you know, especially in these recent games, uh, you know, 89 minutes against Villa, uh, you know, we, we just, we've been conceding early with 89 minutes against city, those type of uh, things. I mean, we're used to that. Um, however, of course, being, being two nil down, I, I feel was a fair representation of how West Ham were approaching the game, but not necessarily uh, about how much better their team was than us. Look, she's got her kid on. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, well, my son's name is Cannon. So we started them very, very young. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't necessarily have too much of an issue uh, where we were at, at, at you know, uh, one nil down. At two nil, I thought we were hard done. And at three nil, it felt, it felt over to me. And, you know, at that point, why make substitutions? You know, at that point, okay, it's a training exercise, blah, 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 right? You know, what do you, what do you, what's the, what's the tactics at three nil down? It was it 30 minutes, 31 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. Well, can you put your finger on why we were three nil down at that point in time? Cause clearly, you know, again, getting ahead of ourselves, we turned it around to three, three could have won the game, could have still lost the game, but had enough talent on the pitch to be the winners one way or another. So how do we find ourselves 3-0 down? Is it a slow start? Is it individual errors? Is it you know, a combination of these things? Why, why do we find ourselves in these positions against teams that we're clearly good enough to beat? I think that maybe we fucked God's mom. You know, I just think that we just, we just did something, you know, like Karma. How, can, how can this happen to us? It's just like, you know, amazing. Everyone scores their, their worldies against us. You know, I mean, we, we get these unreal calls against us. I'm sure there's other fans out there with similar pleas as me to other in other clubs. I'm sure there are. And of course, I feel like our claims are more legit, you know, and, and that theirs are invalid. And that's just the way it is. But I think the more real answer is that we're not that good. And we're fully in a rebuilding phase. We're fully rebuilding. And if you tell me right now that we go through three or four years of this, right? Three or four years of this. So, so that's what, like, you know, two and a half from now, two and a half more from now. And at the end of that period, we have a team that is ready to challenge for the title. And we can go on and Arteta has real success over like a 10 year period. 
it's all worth it. But if we for, if we do that four year period, that four year project, and then Arteta goes and is the manager in Barcelona and wins a bunch of stuff, you know, then what the fuck are we doing? If we're if we're really investing in the project, if we're really doing it, we're really building something, then you point at it and say these aren't his players, these aren't the people that he's put in. You know, when he has his chance at the, a fully backed two or three windows. Now let's see what he does. Then, you know, we can really sit there and see how big of a disaster or how good of an idea this was. Moving on, I forget that at halftime, it wasn't 3-0, it was, it was 3-1. So Laka Zet hit the shot. As you mentioned, it was actually an own goal. Chambers got down the right-hand side, whips it in. Kind of his first good cross of the day. He ended up having a few more after that. Laka Zet with the swivel that, to be honest with you, I don't think... Aubameyang could have pulled off whether or not the shot was going in it was kind of a unique turn and that's the type of play that we need Lacazette that's his kind of clutch play were you thinking the comeback's on because like I said we kind of gifted them three goals at that point and finally it's like you know we're getting started here we go did you foresee the 3-3 tie coming from then or a win or you were just kind of like let's see where this goes my first uh, away match uh, was the 3-3 draw at the Bowen ground uh, 2016 that was the Andy Carroll hat trick. So I guess for me with, with West Ham, it always feels like three threes possible, you know? Um, But I definitely at that point still felt like I wished I had put more money on West Ham to win than on, you know, equal parts on West Ham to win and draw. Um, I think that it does maybe go to show Arteta has the ability to assess a game and give some sort of post-first half adjustment uh, in the halftime talk uh, that can come out and, and, and get tangible results in the match. But, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was, I was confident we were going to get anything out of the game. Focusing on Lacazette for a minute, what do you make of in the media what seems like a decision for us to kind of distance ourselves from Lacazette in terms of a long-term Arsenal player? And actually, obviously, we've doubled down on Aubameyang. So one of them is the form player right now, and that would be Lacazette, who, like I said, might be off at the end of the season. What do you make of yeah, this allegiance to Aubameyang potentially at the expense of a player like Lacazette? Looking, I guess, at next season. Well... I do think that right now is also a very easy time to look critically at a bombing. I think with, without the drama of being tardy uh, to the North London Derby, without the, the missed hat trick uh, against Olympiacos, uh, a pretty lackluster game today. As, and as you texted, of course, what happened the second he came off. Um, so, you know, I, I think that without, if we were talking about this right after the second Benfica game, when Aubameyang literally saved our season, obviously we would have different things to say. Maybe we would say, where was Lacazette? You know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, Lacazette, I saw he had the picture of on his, on his boots, the trust the process. And, you know, I don't think that I would have that on my boots if the feeling around me was that I was superfluous, that I was, you know, the first one out the door. Now, I do agree that because we've invested long-term in Aubameyang, it doesn't really behoove us to have two aging strikers unless, of course, like the way 
uh, Arteta spoke about his assurance that Bukayo Saka would sign a new deal, that Aubameyang would sign a new deal, that Balogun actually stays. And if Balogun stays and we have Martinelli and Balogun, then at that point, I see no issue with extending Lacazette another year and having the the four strikers, if you will, too old, too young. And I mean, of course, that I think would insinuate that Eddie and Ketia is the one that is on the way out. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And actually, <laughs> I would be inclined to, to agree with you. And if I was the manager, that would probably be the route that I would take if Balogun is so inclined to, to stay at the club. You see his goal today? I think he rescued a point for us against Everton. And he's got the whole American thing too, which is another reason why I, uh, I kind of am, am pulling for him. It's, it's, you know, we don't see too many Americans at, at Arsenal. So yeah, it'd be good to see him stick around. He's definitely a prospect and Katia might be the one that suffers as you, as you mentioned, moving on to the second half action. And we got it back to three, two kind of early on. It was that chambers marauding down the right-hand side. Again, you just, could tell that they weren't probably expecting Chambers to play the role that he did West Ham today because he was in acres of space every time he picked up the ball on the right. No one was near him. They were just like, oh, it's Callum Chambers. We'll just let him do his thing. And obviously he ended up being our man of the match. So he whips in that cross and it's an incredible own goal from <laughs> Craig Dawson. Like what a strike past our old keeper. <laughs> and at that point, you know, it's 3-2. The momentum's kind of on, on our side and seemingly we're going to pull it back to, to the tie, which ended up happening. You mentioned Arteta being able to say something at halftime or instill a certain level of confidence or, or maybe remind them of their responsibilities. Did this performance tell you that the club is kind of in a good place right now? We, we, we got off to the terrible start, but we wouldn't, we would, surely a team in, you know, in dire straits wouldn't be able to reverse a 3-0 gap. Yeah, I mean, it's especially funny seeing as uh, earlier this season, I believe there was a team that was 3-0 up against uh west ham and west ham i believe they completed a a three nil comeback who was that um who was up if joe was here i think he could tell who was up oh you know what it was tottenham and uh and lanzini i believe was the one who scored that absolute worldy and yeah 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 by the way i should have you know it's uh it's one one uh, and I believe that was a Bruno Fernandez equalizer. Was it a penalty? No, no, it wasn't actually. <laughs> it was from open play, believe it or not. Let me just confirm it was him. A Vanderbeek little. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Greenwood. Okay, no, that's sorry. good. Yeah. I think that um, it's somewhere in the rules that a Bruno Fernandez goal from open play actually counts as two. So it's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like unicorns though, right? You got yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or leprechauns. Sorry. Yeah, no. You were saying though... Um, well, I mean, we were talking about, yeah, the team rallying in, in the second half. Yeah, we're 3-2 we're down. United, West Ham had a few chances to actually seal the deal. Oh Antonio missed that open goal. And actually, prior to that, Tierney saved the day with, uh, with a couple of blocks. I don't know if he knew too much about, about the second one. Kind of just hit him. Um, but yeah, we were up against the ropes on a, on, a, on a few occasions. There was even that Declan Rice run where he just turned into like this, this Usain Bolt and just <laughs> ripped all our players. I think Emil Smith-Rowe was the guy who had to end up putting pressure on him, forcing him wide, and then Leno makes the save. We get around to substitutions eventually. Aubameyang comes off, Martinelli comes on. I think prior to that, Pepe had replaced Saka. And Pepe has a pretty instant involvement. His cross is met by Lacazette for the 3-3. For the 
it's a pretty special feeling, you know, coming back from, from three down to make it three, three, how many of these experiences have you had as an Arsenal fan? You mentioned being on the opposite end of it on your first away game, the Andy Carroll situation, but from my memory, this was kind of a, a Wenger thing. You know, we, we would do this all the time, whether or not it was a late equalizer or, or a late winner turning games around. Does it give you confidence that this seems to be potentially a feature of this Arteta side as well? Well, first of all, I think we have some of the worst stats uh, of goals in the last 15 minutes of the match uh, in the league. I, I do think that that is unfortunately uh, a series of our, uh, a factor of Arteta. Um, we, we, we do. And, and funny enough, we also concede a ton of goals in the first half, which explains why we don't really win that many games. Um, but I think that when we look at, of course, the Benfica match coming back at, at the end there and scoring those goals, uh, of course, I think that everything is cyclical and everything evens out and, you know, we will, we will start to score more. And I think we've, we're starting to figure out the way to create chances that are efficient for us. And, you know, while we are talking about chances, I think we would be remiss to not talk about the 46th -ish minute Lacazette chip. That was that incredible clearance. Uh, and then also that uh, Berama pass across to Antonio that he got his foot on somehow and that hit the post and bounced off. And that was, was it was still three, two. Uh, and then of course the Declan Rice and those were, you know, some incredible chances to have missed. And I, I feel that West Ham fans uh, would be incredibly hard done uh, by the result today. In fact, the West Ham fan I was talking to during the game was very much so. <laughs> Well, considering, as you mentioned earlier, they had the kind of even more miraculous 3-0 to 3-3 turnaround against uh, the enemy Spurs earlier in the season. Again, maybe these things do just just even out. Hopefully, I guess if we go 3-0 up in another game, that's probably going to I'm going to be sitting on the edge of my seat thinking oh, it's going to happen to us this time. So hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, although I'd still take a 3-0 lead in the Europa League final, for instance, if if it comes. Yeah, to <laughs> but, yeah of course, I'd, I'd be uh, happy to. What do you make of the, the team moving forward over the next few games off the back of today's game? Are there players who you think have stocks has, has risen, someone like a Chambers? Are there players whose stock has fallen, someone like a Partey, who I think didn't have a great game today? Likewise, Xhaka was the one ended up being hooked for Smith Rowe. Are there, are there a shift in positions? Are there some swaps that you see coming? Well, I think that we, we have a break here now, right? international break indeed yeah 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 so um i think that that's a, a pretty good thing that we we really could use right now we do look uh, a little knackered um i think there's something going on that needs to be worked out i do think that we couldn't we can say arteta doesn't necessarily know his best team i think he can make some good substitutions has made some good substitutions of course Pepe coming in with an immediate impact, Aubameyang getting hooked, the defense not knowing what to do with Martinelli and being able to score while Aubameyang hadn't even made it back to the bench. He was able to celebrate with the team right there. I mean, that's not something you usually see. Um, so, of course, I, I think the first thing we have to get out in the open as Arsenal fans is that Arteta's not going anywhere. They, they The board is so invested in this. So, like, asking the question of are we going in the right direction or whatnot it's like well we're going in this direction regardless you know this this is where they've committed to uh they won't be making any changes um 
so so we have to just trust the process. I mean, we we have to. Or we're going to go crazy if we're not if we don't do that. Um, I, I think that this is a good sign that we've come back like this. I think that Aubameyang really could have used uh, a good game today. I think that he certainly hasn't immediately made Arteta look silly for benching him for the derby. You know, he didn't have, like you said, didn't have the great game against Olympiacos, didn't really do much of anything. I can't really remember him touching the ball in the first half of the game today. You know, I, 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 I he probably did, but I also remember him really not pressing very well at all for their third goal. You know, I mean, he, he really seemed like if anyone, if we're pointing the, the finger, that he is a person that maybe shouldn't be playing right now. And obviously, Martinelli's a guy that has done really no wrong in an Arsenal shirt. And the only thing he's done wrong is be on a team that gave Aubameyang a big contract. You know, uh, I think that Chambers having this type of a game will complicate things. Tierney is clearly our left back, mm. but then we have Cedric. Chambers and Bellerin that are now really only competing for this right back spot. And although I agree that Bellerin has these moments where I, I'm so frustrated with him, I think there is a collective anti Bellerin agenda right now that is, I think, pretty unfair. Like I said, even if the guys had, uh, a, you know, maybe not the best time, he's, he's Arsenal through and through. He's not a person that we should be directing. Uh, any sort of hatred for. And, you know, everyone's happy with Cedric because he combines better with Pepe. And I think that that really is also an issue is that we have these little pairing link-ups. And when you get those right, the team plays great. But if you get one of those little link-ups wrong, like perhaps for today, maybe Gabrielle instead of Mari, uh, we wouldn't have had some of those issues. Uh, and, and I do think that the third goal was David Luiz, you know, poor defending. It was his man. But maybe if it's Gabrielle, the way that they, uh, you know, defend that zone differently uh, would have been the difference. Um, but but I, I, like, I guess to answer your, your question about what has changed in the lineups, I don't know. But stuff is constantly changing with these lineups. I mean, who would have expected today this would have been the lineup? You know, I mean, I will say... Uh, I think my, I have a very casual Arsenal friend. Uh, it's really an employee who just wants job security. And he said, uh, he's like, we really need to have Odegaard uh, have a poor game here and there because he's not doing any help at keeping a price tag reasonable or giving Madrid a reason to give him to us. I actually before we finished up, did want to focus on that one player, Martin Odegaard, who I've been very, very pleased with his performances since he's come in. Although, as you mentioned, they might go some way as to maybe at the end of the day, pricing us out of a move for him or attracting interest from elsewhere where they might try to swoop in. But he seems to be enjoying himself. So that's always a positive sign. So it seems like things are moving in the right direction. Like I said, he's been really great and kind of this juxtaposition of Ozil leaving the club not that he'd been playing games at all this season, but now Odegaard's here and he's kind of stepped into that role as close as anyone has done since we've had Ozil. So how important is it to sign Martin Odegaard permanently considering that 
most of the good things that have been happening for us since he's arrived have, you know, been coming through him. All right. You heard it here first. Martin Udegaard will be an Arsenal player next year. Now, that might be alone, but as you pointed out, he is loving his time with us and our t- everyone's loving it. He's feeling something he went to Madrid to feel. He's not going to feel that way when they're splashing the cash for Mbappe. I do fear that if they buy Erling Holland, that that might be a little bit of a temptation to be with his Norwegian freak fucking younger stepbrother. Jesus Christ, that guy's insane. Robot. Um, he's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot for sure. Um, but but yeah, I think that I think that he I think he's gonna play with us. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if we if we sign him on a permanent deal. But I am almost certain if you're Madrid, you're looking at it right now and saying that this loan is absolutely working. So if he is in your plans, you keep him on this loan, especially when he makes a point to, to want to do that. I, I, if you're following the headlines the way that I do, you know, you might have seen that he said he asked his people to look into making the move permanent. It seems like it's in his interest, right? It seems like it's what he wants to do. And if the player is motivated to do so, especially if Zinedine Zidane does continue on, it doesn't seem to particularly rate Martin Odegaard, then, you know, I, I, I see no, he's not going to go to another club. I mean, he, he, he likes it. He's gelling. He's starting the matches. He's running the midfield. He deserves, I mean, in my opinion, Emil Smith-Rowe deserves the number 10, but Martin Odegaard could absolutely wear that shirt and nobody could really have any problems with that. Maybe just to seal the deal and actually to solve another problem, I think Holland has a younger cousin who apparently is also an absolute unit and is destroying the Norwegian league currently. So maybe we just need to sign uh, the Holland cousin, get ourselves a, another striker, and then Odegaard will stay for, for the same reasons, kind of the next best thing is another Norwegian buddy. But uh, yeah, I no, Odegaard, love that plan. You're right. <laughs> somebody tell Arteta, somebody tell Edu. On that note, quite a quite a positive place to, to leave it. Um, thanks again, again, Jason, for joining us today. Thanks to to your daughter for even being yeah that additional additional guest, the surprise special guest. Um, yeah, I gotta wash her off. She smells like nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a fun way to spend yeah your your Sunday afternoon over here in in LA uh, or I guess down in Orange even rather. Um, it's you have... before noon still. So. Oh, you're right. It's. Honestly, these days, man, <laughs> they're just blurring together. The time doesn't mean anything to me. Sometimes I'm awake at five in the morning. Sometimes I'm asleep at seven in the evening. It's a whirlwind. But do you have anything coming up at the restaurant, at Doe Room? Any plans to, once the coronavirus is over, make it over to London to see some Arsenal games in the future? Oh, my God. Of course. I cannot wait to go to a match. My son is ready to go to his first match. And, you know, he... He watches the match with me. He he's like, is that he goes, is that Martin Odegaard, Dad? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it is, you know. And he's like, he's like, is that Pepe? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, is that Laka? Is that Aubameyang? Oh. You know. And uh, I, I think it was especially in the Leeds game that um, those Aubameyang had the hat trick, and I uh, I just kind of went into my room for the during halftime, and 
he, he runs in. He's like, Daddy, Aubameyang scored. I'm like, I know he did. He had the two goals. And he's like, no, another one. And I'm like, what? You know, and it's just like, it's crazy to see like your kid, like totally grasping the concept of the ball going in the net and who scored it. And, you know, we, my wife's a basketball fan. So he's watching the score. And he understands the concept of who's winning. So definitely uh, the second that I can get over there, uh, I'll be going uh, to see a match. Um, you know, can't, can't happen soon enough uh, for me. Um, and any chance Joe watches this, he's watching this. I just feel, I do legitimately feel bad. <laughs> I do. I really do. I, it's so weird because, you know, for so long, it's fun to take pleasure in your enemy's pain. But this is like, you know, you wouldn't wish this on your worst enemy. I wouldn't have had this type of thing. But really, you got to realize that Dinamo Zagreb saved us from a lose-lose situation across the board. Because if we do manage to beat Slavia Prague, those racist fucking assholes, then we would either have been left with Unai our Emery. North London Derby yeah. or Unai Emery. There would have been no win. At least now, we could theoretically play Dinamo Zagreb. And honestly, if this Orsic guy gets a hat-trick against us, good on you, bro. Good on you. We recently recorded with a kind of Croatian football expert he's actually a high duke split fan but he was flying the the zagreb fan uh, flag when we recorded with uh with him and um yeah i'm kind of by virtue of that kind of a closet zagreb fan at this point especially after they oh. they, they beat spurs so like you said no hard feelings if Orsic wants to show up and score a hat trick against arsenal then i don't think he, he should probably hang up his boots after that because it's not going to get much better for him but it, yeah it probably is written, written into into scripture if, if that's the case can't really do much about it um before, before we let you go jason um how can any people on social media follow playground dtsa and doe exchange although i kind of just dropped the handles right there so kind of answer my own question but beyond how they can yeah look for you guys under those handles on instagram anything exciting coming up any new meals i know you do the set meals recently there was a, a spanish um one that you were providing and then on the bagel end of things you've typically got new ones on the weekends yeah, so we, um, we, we were doing, you know, the, the kind of set meals to one specific type of cuisine uh, throughout, you know, that, that kind of second quarantine. And, and the people have, for the most part, pretty loudly spoken that they're, they're kind of ready to go back to regular life and, you know, a little bit at the faster pace than, than we are in the restaurant. You know, people are, what do you mean we can't eat inside? What do you mean we can't do this? What do you mean? You know, it's like, oh, man, we're still, we're still getting restaffed and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a, we do have some new stuff going on, but the, the menu is really kind of reverted a little bit back towards playground and what, what we had done before, as opposed to being a Spanish restaurant for a month and then being an Italian restaurant for a month and whatnot. Uh, of course, you nailed it. We do uh, lots of bagel specials on the weekends. Um, so if you want to come join us for Dough Exchange, uh, I do legitimately believe they are some of the best bagels. Uh, in Southern California. So the best bagels I've ever had. Uh, I, I am biased, of course, but I'm also a lifelong bagel lover. So um, maybe you will also like the bagels that I love. Um, but yeah, until our next match, which I can't even think of who it is at the moment. We're at home against uh, the worst team Fulham? in the league currently, Liverpool. No, Liverpool. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, knowing Arsenal, but 
they'll find their form again and crush us and look like, you know, as good as they ever have been before. So that, it is written. that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a loss. <laughs> you think so? I would, I would, at, at the Emirates? Oh, yeah, I do. I just like, we, we don't, we don't have the type of players who have the balls to look at a team like that and say, sure. They're champions from last year. But that's not Virgil van Dyke. That's not last year's Sala. That's not last year's Firmino. But you know, we we mentally beat ourselves. We're just we're we're that's just a, that's our thing. And uh, and you know, unless we're able to get a, a even even with the three 0 lead, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, until we got to ten minutes because only true bottle jobs could lose a three 0 lead in ten minutes. Well, it's a good thing, I guess that the league is largely superfluous at this point. There's pride to play for. There's money to play for when you consider the position that you end up finishing in the table and whatnot. But I think probably an automatic Europa League qualification through our league standings is beyond us. Like I said, it's kind of how high up we can finish. But the real pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is the Europa League. Hopefully that we can make it to that final, get past those <laughs> racist um, checks, uh, <laughs> maybe make it past, yeah, either... Um, either uh, Emery in the next round or, or Zagreb. And then what do you think? Is it, a, is it an Arsenal-Man United Europa League final? Is that written in the stars? I'll tell you what. I would have took this draw all day long. You, you gave me this and said, hey, should we, should we redo it? No. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Um, I, I actually think it's going to be an Arsenal-Granada final. No. <laughs> um, I think that we, I think we certainly avoided the three best teams uh, in the competition. Um, I, you do have to think that it will just be United, you know, that it, that it will be, um, that there's nothing anyone can do that Ajax and Roma don't even really need to play uh, because Ajax against United in the, in the Europa league. Uh, it just, just seems to absolutely melt. I mean, that, that final, a couple of years ago when Ajax was good, uh, was, was, was pathetic. I mean, that was, you know, the next year the Ajax went to the, what was it? The semifinals of the champions league. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was like uh, Mourinho's crowning glory for United was winning that Europa league against Ajax. And like you said, they probably, yeah. probably shouldn't, if you played that game again, they might not have won it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do think that, and I think Roma is a real team, but I, I think, I think that United will beat, uh, Granada clearly, I think they'll they'll beat Ajax or Roma, and honestly, I if it is an Arsenal United final, I I mean we we would have beaten them one nil on aggregate over the two legs in the Premier League. Fingers crossed that we'll make it over the line and we'll be back in the Champions League because that would really really change things in a big way. We're talking about this Arteta project, you know, you can pretty much accelerate whatever plans he has by a year if we can sneak into the into the champions leagues in terms of some of the opportunities that we, we might end up with in terms of bringing players in. So on our end of things, if you, if you enjoyed this podcast, um, feel free to follow us on social media. We are at United mates FP on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on YouTube. If you feel like putting any faces to these voices and um, even, even some of these faces to these kids voices as well. Um, we are United mates football podcast otherwise please everybody take care of yourselves and try to take care of each other too. goodbye